Welcome to episode 336 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, biohacker, author of What, When, Wine, and creator of the supplement line Avalon X. And I'm here with my co-host, Vanessa Spina, sports nutrition specialist, author of Keto Essentials, and creator of the Tone Breath Ketone Analyzer and Tone Lux Red Light Therapy Panels. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and ketogenicgirl.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this show do not constitute medical advice or treatment. To be featured on the show, email us your questions to questions at ifpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. So pour yourself a mug of black coffee, a cup of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get my favorite electrolytes for free, plus special announcement, Element's new chocolate medley is here. So when you think electrolytes, you might think summer and hot times and needing to stay hydrated. But did you know that hydration is actually super important in cold weather as well? There's an idea out there that cold weather reduces our hydration needs. That's not true. So in the cold, two main things can actually increase our metabolic rate. You may be working harder, tramping through the snow, and you can be wearing cumbersome winter clothing that can actually raise your energy needs by 10 to 20%. And as your metabolic rate raises, your sweat rate raises, and you need to replace those fluids with electrolytes. You also lose more water when it's cold through your breath. That's because cold temperatures contain significantly less water than hot temperatures, AKA it's drier outside. When you breathe in that cold, dry air, your respiratory system actually acts like a humidifier so that your body can be warm and humid like it likes to be. Of course, that drains your hydration reserves as well. One study actually found that respiratory water loss after a full day of activity nearly doubled at freezing temperatures compared to the 70s. On top of that, when you're cold, you actually become less thirsty, possibly from blood vessel constrictions in the cold, which can trick the body into thinking the blood volume is higher than it is. In other words, it's cold out there. You probably need hydration. And electrolytes are so key for all of these cellular processes in your body, all of your energy production. It all requires electrolytes, but it can be hard to find electrolytes, which are clean, without unnecessary fillers, and which you can feel good about drinking. That's why I love Element. There's a reason I'm obsessed with it. There's a reason all you guys are as well. And like I said, I'm so excited because Element's new chocolate medley is here featuring chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. And this is a limited time, so you definitely want to stock up on these now. Plus, you can get a free gift with purchase when you purchase that chocolate medley or other Element electrolytes. That's right, you can get a free sample pack, eight single serving packets for free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. You can get yours at drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. That's drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast. By the way, those chocolates in that chocolate medley make delicious hot chocolates. And of course, as always, Element has a no questions asked refund, so you have nothing to lose. So go to drinklmnt.com slash ifpodcast to get your free electrolytes.
One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 336 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Vanessa Spina. Hi, everyone. And Vanessa, I had the most fabulous time interviewing you yesterday. It was such a magical experience. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. It was such a treat and an honor to get to be on your incredible podcast and had the best time. Seriously, had the best night. So thank you. Yes. So I think, assuming the lineup doesn't change, I think it will have already aired actually on September. September 15th. So if friends would like to check it out, I had Vanessa on the Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast 
and we dive deep into so many things, like especially her tone breath ketone device and all the different types of ketones and then all these random questions that she and I apparently historically have thought about like in rabbit holes about like protein and gluconeogenesis and all that stuff. So it was so fun. Thank you again. Thank you. And it's, it just, it amazes me constantly how similar we are. I was re-listening to an interview that I did with our mutual friend, Dr. Don D'Agostino a couple of years ago. It was actually three years ago. It was the first time I had him on the podcast and we started talking about CGMs and I was like, I really believe that if every person in the world wore CGM, <laughs> I was like, we Melly literally said that last week when we were recording. Like it was, it's just crazy. I mean, that's like before we even really like got to be friends. I think like three, three and a half years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, like we are the same person. We really are, especially yesterday when you made the comment about how you said you found keto and you felt like you had like a flashlight finally. Like literally there's like this image in my head where I like see myself finding the urinary ketone strip and being like, and like the light comes on like in the dark. (laughs) We both were like, I can scientifically scientifically measure my, my fat, fat burning. burning oh my gosh <laughs> we are twins separated at birth or something it's crazy. i know it's so fabulous <laughs> but yeah thanks again for having me on the podcast it was just it was such an honor no thank you it was it was so fun and then i was so excited because i was like we get to talk today <laughs> i know you do such a phenomenal job with your podcast like i was saying yesterday on your podcast that I was telling Pete, like you literally are the, I think the best interviewer I've ever like heard or, or listened to like the, and I'm sure all of the listeners right now are nodding their heads in agreement because they know your level of like preparation and research and just like in-depth questions. Like I always try to ask different questions than people ask on every other podcast, but you you do that and you do it so well and you're just such an amazing listener, interviewer, everything. So it was truly a delightful experience <laughs> to get to be interviewed by you. And I I feel so lucky because I got to be interviewed by you for this podcast and now for your podcast. And yeah, both times were just such such a treat. You are so sweet. And I really do remember when you had me on your show. Thank you. Was that the first time we like really met? I think so because I think before that we had tried to schedule in the past, but our schedules were just so opposite that I think we had emailed a few times like about it. And I had asked you to come on the podcast and it was like, I was like, I record in the morning and you were like, I record in the afternoon. And we were just like, yeah, this is not going to happen, but like, let's just put it out there into the universe and maybe it'll line up at some point. And then I'm not sure what happened, but we, (laughs) we made it line up, I guess. Yeah. And then I think we just like started voice noting and and chatting like, like a weekly basis after that. Now we talk every day, but yeah, it's, it's really amazing. And it's so nice to make amazing connections, like as an adult, you know, when you're a kid, like people come in and out of your life all the time and it's so easy to, 
to make connections with people and have things in common when you're older and you're an adult and you have like your own life and your career going on. I don't know. It's just not the same. So it's really special when someone comes into your life that's like an instant bestie. And yeah, I just love continuing our friendship. And I love that we get to talk every week for a couple hours on this podcast. I agree so much. And now it is coming back to me because I remember I remember you emailed and you were saying the time difference and you were saying like, can we do it like, I think you were saying like 8 or 9 a.m. I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you were like, how about 7 or 8 p.m.? And I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. But yeah, we've we've made it work, thankfully. And it was worth it. It's been so worth it. More than worth it. The thing I remember, though, from that interview was similar to things you just said, like how great your questions were. And I was like, oh, they were things I would think about, but like nobody had definitely ever asked me or they were things I hadn't even thought about before. And I, and cause normally you get a lot of the same questions over and over from people, which isn't bad. No, I feel the same way. Like, like yesterday when you asked me about the ratios and if they differed from person to person, I was like, this is the stuff that I think about all the time, but I feel like nobody else except for maybe like Don like thinks about these things. <laughs> and he's a scientist, like he's a ketone scientist, like in a lab. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's amazing. And yeah, I hope, hope people enjoy the episode. And, and I was saying to you last night, I, I really want to interview you again in the future on my podcast, especially when you come out with your EMF blocking headphones. This is something that I literally think about every day. Every day when I'm out, I see maybe like, it seems like 50 or 60% of the people I see have AirPods in. I know. It's almost, it seems like everyone. And also because I'm usually commuting when I'm out, you know, I'm like on the tram and I'm going here and there and everybody is wearing Bluetooth headphones and Peter and I like we were those people too until we started understanding more about how it's like microwaving your brain <laughs> so and just like really bad for your mitochondria anyway I just would love to to have you back on to talk all about like EMFs and how dangerous they are how disruptive they can be to our mitochondria and you know your whole entrepreneurial journey with so many of the products you've done, but now you're going into tech products, which is like my favorite. Uh, it's your field. Tech and I'm duo, going into supplements. Tech, tech duo's inspiring vision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never gets old. Never gets old. For anyone who doesn't know, that's the AI poem that Melanie Chat GTP had written about Elon Musk and I. So yeah. It, it called it chat. Gem. Oh, sorry. Tech duo's inspiring vision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, so funny. Yeah, I'm really, really thrilled about this. This tech world. Yeah. So, for listeners, I'll just tell them briefly that IARC classifies EMFs as Group Two B, which means possibly carcinogenic to humans. Which means there's quite a few studies showing that they are possibly carcinogenic. If you go and look at these studies. There are many showing, you know, insinuating they are carcinogenic. And I mentioned this before as well, but even if you go in your phone and go into the settings and go into the legal section, there is a disclaimer in your phone basically saying it's better to use your phone on speakerphone or not by your head because of the RF exposure. Like it tells you that in the phone. And this is Apple. 
telling you this. So the headphones I'm releasing will be air tubes that do not emit any EMFs and they're going to come in black and rose gold. And we actually just finished the, well, I just, I'm signing off hopefully on the packaging today. So next steps are coming. I'm excited. I love rose gold. My, t- my tone is black and rose gold is my favorite one. Wait, rose gold is my favorite. Like my fa- It's like my favorite like life color, like to integrate into my life. Yeah, I'm not surprised. (laughs) It's so great. It is beautiful, yeah. For listeners who are interested, if you want to get the launch special, definitely get on my email list for it. That's at melanieavalon.com slash EMF email list. So go there. Oh, and actually, hopefully you didn't miss it. Hopefully you're on my email list, but I actually just did a summit with our blank at Shield Your Body. They had a lot of really cool speakers all about awareness around EMFs and just health in general. I think it was about healthier tech was the summit. So hopefully you were on my email list for that. But anything else new with you, Vanessa? I've been working furiously on the launch of the new second generation tone device. I think we talked about it on a recent episode, but I'm just having so much fun with it because Part of it is redesigning the boxes, which we just finished, and now we're redoing the manual. And I feel so excited about the manual because I feel like from the first generation to now, I've just learned so much about sort of like helpful things and ways to, you know, educate and inform more about the product itself. As I was saying, it takes a lot of education because it's a new product. So I'm almost done rewriting the manual, but it's been a really fun experience to be like, okay, like, you know, you can figure out your individual baseline, which we were talking about your podcast last night. If you do a 24 hour fast or you can do an MCT challenge, which I think is so cool and so much fun. I've done it a so many times with the tone, especially now because I'm pregnant. I'm normally, I just do an extended fast when I'm testing the higher ketones on the latest iteration or model. But this time, because I'm, I'm pregnant, I've been doing the MCT challenge instead. So I basically have like two tablespoons of MCT oil powder in coffee, usually decaf because it's, it's in the afternoon. And then I just test blood ketones and breath ketones every like 15 minutes for the next two hours. (laughs) It's like, I'm like literally having so much fun doing doing this whenever I do it. And it's like every 30 minutes, like you see it go up in the blood and then you see it go up a little bit delayed in the breath. And then they like, but they match up. There's a little bit of a time lag with the breath because the breath, as we were talking about, is a byproduct of the blood ketones. So like you see it, like you drink it and then you see it like, go through your liver and like the ketones hit your blood and then, and then they start diffusing through your airways. So it's just a really fun way to figure out like your baseline with the tone, but also your ratio. So, you know, okay, this is at the peak. It usually happens about two hours after you're like, okay, this is what my readings on the tone device look like when my blood is like 1.1 millimolar ketones. And if you have a ratio of one to one, it'll also be like, like for me, I was doing it last night. It was like 12 and 13 when I had like 1.1 millimolar in the blood. So my ratio right now is like pretty close to one to one. And that makes total sense because when you are eating a eucaloric diet, at maintenance or surplus, which I am doing right now because I'm growing a baby, 
you tend to have a closer ratio there, the one to one. So anyway, I'm having so much fun writing the manual, having so much fun with all you know the little pieces. Like this is the stuff that I love. Like just this process of it. And then the launch is always like really, really fun and like getting people excited about it too. But I just feel like I'm in heaven, like dealing with like these aspects of it. It's just so fun and exciting. And well, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're doing it too. So do you have a um, app for it? Do you remember what I told you about the app? Vaguely. I remember we talked about it. So... I was working on the app for the last two years so that the latest version would be Bluetooth. And the programmer that I hired, I had been working with him for years. And we basically got like 99% done with the app. I haven't actually shared this on my podcast yet because I'm still like mentally dealing with it. We got 99% done. He uploaded it. We did, you know, my designer did all the slides, the artwork, everything. They built the back end, the whole, you know, app itself. And as he was putting it onto the Apple store, there were some issues with like privacy or something because it's like a health app. So it's collecting health data. And during that process, I think he got so like frustrated by the process that he just like effed off and like disappeared. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I don't think. It's I spent thousands and thousands of capital on it and he just disappeared. Had you paid him? Oh yeah. And he took the money and run? Ran? Yeah. And it like there was still more that it wasn't the full amount. There was I was just paying him weekly because him and his team were working on it weekly. I never imagined that like he would do all the work on it and then just like leave. And I've tried multiple times to contact him and just be like, can you just give me what you did? And then I can have someone else, you know, finish it. You don't have access to what he did? Mm-mm. I do have our like images and slides because my designer worked on those, but I basically have to start from scratch. And at this point, it would have delayed the second generation way too much. Like it would have delayed it by another year because it's it's two components. Like it's the app component and it's the Bluetooth component. And so I just kind of said, okay, this is like a business lesson. I just have to learn from it and move on right now. And maybe the third generation <laughs> will have the Bluetooth in it, but I think it's okay. You know, the tone itself has memory in it. So just like when you test your blood glucose or ketones, you can go back and look at the memory. Like you can keep a written log if you want to. You don't necessarily have to have the app. It's it's something I still want to do because I wanted to build it. The idea was to build it specifically for my community of users that's using the tones so that together we could share our results and our experiments. And yeah, it was really disappointing, but not everything goes your way, you know, and sometimes you learn big lessons and I will definitely learn from it and not make the same mistake again. But I just trust people a lot, <laughs> maybe too much. And I never thought that someone would do that. But yeah, here we are. So unfortunately, it's not going to have the app, but hopefully maybe in a year or so, if I can find someone reliable that can sort of pick up where we left off and and build it again or finish it at least with, because it's true, I do have the artwork and the images, so at least it's not totally lost. First of all, I am so sorry. That is... 
<laughs> Thanks. Awful. I am so sorry. It's not good timing, but it, it's appropriate timing because I've been thinking of doing... I'm really excited because there's an app I've been wanting to make for years. And there's also a person I've been wanting to partner with in some capacity also for years. And it just so turns out that this app that I want to make, this this other person also wants to make. So we're like tentatively talking about making it. And so I've been looking into the app creation process. And so I did a call this week actually with Dr. Caroline Leaf, who I recently had on the show. I adore her with somebody from her team because they have an app and I was getting advice. And one of the things she said was make sure you have everything stored with the app on it's this web it's this website where it's basically for storing that type of stuff like source coding stuff and she's like make sure that you have complete control and ownership and access and login so that you always have all of the stuff all the time and so sounds like hearing your experience definitely that's my lesson that I'm here to learn and you can learn from my mistake without even having to experience it. So I'm glad. And maybe someone out there listening will also <laughs> take away from my mistake. But, you know, it's it's definitely a part of business. Like you learn the most from your failures. And I think, you know, like the first few times I attempted setting up a business, like it, they didn't work out the way that I thought they would. And it that's how you become a good business owner, a good entrepreneur is from like, you know, your mistakes from learning from them. Sometimes you don't have to make them. Sometimes you learn from other people's, but yeah, it's all part of the process, but I, I will definitely be doing that next time. So I'll be getting that, the name of that program from you for sure. It's GitHub. This will make you feel better. I fell once for a scammer, like one of those scammers in India type situations. And I don't mean that politically, like literally it's like they're in India usually and they're scamming you. And I was literally, it was the situation. Have I talked about this before? I don't think so. I don't know. It It was like a situation where I understand how people get in these things and just go so far. It's because you get in it so far and you know, you know that you're probably being scammed. You're like in it so far that if you like admit that to yourself, then it's just... You'd rather just like keep on and maybe it's not a scam. So I it was literally to the point where I was like driving to a gas station at 2 a.m. to like put cash in a Bitcoin machine and send it to India because I thought they were going to like do the things they were telling me. They're very good at like... Like they were going to build something for you or make something for you? I was using a third-party service where you are matched up with contractors. And I use that for a lot of my contractors. And I had been working with this contractor for years and they had delivered on everything. Like there was, they was like one of the top rated programmers on this website. Everything that they did was like perfect, flawless, amazing. And I don't even think that they wanted to do this, but I thought that the third party service would offer me protection. And what I figured out too late is that you can get a refund or request a refund on like the week before, I think up to two or three weeks worth of work. But if it's been like six months, which it had been, you can't go back and get refunds anymore on any of those weekly installments. So I was paying them out weekly and every week they were delivering like, here are the slides, here's the latest progress. Like every week it was moving along. And I don't know, I don't know why I won't just like finish it, but at some point you have to just be like, okay, this is not 
this is too stressful. It's it's not worth it. It's not going to go anywhere. They're just stonewalling me now. So like, I just have to cut my losses and move on. It could have been worse. <laughs> Probably could have been worse. But thankfully, you know, I, yeah, I can move on from it and, and start again. But it just means that for my users of the tone who've been waiting for this, you know, for the app and for the Bluetooth version, it's just going to be a little bit longer wait, but that's okay. Yeah. Like I said, I, I lost thousands when I had that scam moment. So I completely empathize. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty and the sort of danger or the dark side of the internet, right? Like you can connect with people all over the world. You can get amazing things done, but sometimes there's a dark side to it too. There's definitely a dark side to it. So yeah. Will the um, device have an airplane mode? So the tone does not have any frequency. And that's what's really interesting too, is that in order to set up Bluetooth on it, you have to get a number of compliance tests done, just like you have to do for the other stuff. In electronics, we already have all of that stuff, but adding the Bluetooth would mean that it now falls under like this because it's like producing frequency, it's producing hertz. Anything that's producing frequency has to meet certain like standards and reports and different certifications. So it's also like, there's all that side to it as well, which right now with like a baby coming, I don't mind not having to deal with all that right now too, because it's a lot. So it's probably for the best that it's it's in the future, but the device as it is right now, does not send out any frequencies. So there's no like, there's no EMFs like being produced from it because it's it's rechargeable. So you charge it and then you use it and then you don't have to charge it usually for like two, three months. <laughs> it's really amazing. The battery lasts forever, <laughs> like forever. And you don't have to be plugged in when you're using it and there's no frequency being emitted. So it's basically like EMF free. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get 20% off one of the best things you could ever feed your pet. I'm also going to tell you how to get free, healthy, delicious, nutritious dog food. So we talk a lot about health on this podcast, and if you're like a lot of our audience, you probably think a lot about the food that you put in your mouth and how it affects your health. And yet, how many of us think about what we're feeding our pets? Honestly, it is shocking, the ingredients in conventional pet food. It's no wonder we see so many of the diseases that humans experience in our dogs and cats. A lot of it goes back to what they're eating. Processed conventional pet food is full of sugar, advanced glycation end products, and a myriad of toxins. So would you like to change that and start feeding your pet healthy, delicious, nutritious food that they will adore and that will support their health? You have got to try Yummers. It was founded by my dear friend, Rebecca Rudish. She's a pet industry expert, and she founded it with celebrity duo Anthony Porowski and Jonathan Van Ness. Together, they created an incredible company. They have both gourmet mix-ins and functional mix-ins that are flavor-packed and nutrient-rich meal additions that offer an accessible solution to enriching the everyday lives of our pets. So those gourmet and functional mix-ins are a great way to easily upgrade what you're already feeding your pet to help them enjoy the food more and to truly support their health. And friends, I have seen pets respond to yummers. It's kind of crazy. I kept getting texts from my mom and sister talking about just how excited my sister's cat Jackie and my mom's dog Mia were about yummers 
summers. Our assistant on the show, Sharon, she sent me a video of her dog, Tilly, getting excited about yummers. And that dog is freaking out. She is so excited. And I asked Sharon, I was like, does she normally do that? And Sharon was like, no. In other words, pets adore yummers and it is so nutritious and delicious for them. And I'm super excited because yummers recently released dog food. And I'm gonna tell you how to try it for free. So this is not your average bowl of uniform pellet light kibble. So each ingredient is actually processed separately from one another to maximize flavor and nutrition value. And Yummers uses premium grade animal proteins, real fruits and veggies, and gently processed whole grains to lock in all of the benefits of raw food while giving pet parents accessibility and ease of mind. It's the difference between feed and food. You can get 20% off your purchase at yummerspets.com slash ifpodcast with the coupon code ifpodcast20. That's yummerspets.com, Y-U-M-M-E-R-S-P-E-T-S.com slash ifpodcast with the coupon code ifpodcast20. And on the site, you can select your favorite recipe of Yummer's new dog food to receive a free sample. Yes, completely free. For that, just go to yummerspets.com slash ifpodcast, and we'll put all this information in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. Well, maybe the extra time you have for developing the Bluetooth mode, you'll be able to develop an airplane mode with a Bluetooth mode. That's a good idea. I never... It'll be a further selling point. Totally. I never thought about actually having that on it. I mean, I know like I'm the one that's like the crazy like EMF all the time thing, but... It's a big selling point for people and it can be, you can turn it into a really big selling point because especially in the biohacking world, which it's the type of people using this are a lot of biohackers and a lot of them are very concerned about EMS. So if you have like an airplane mode, it's like, Ooh, like you want the extra step. I get it. I feel like I, all my technology that I handle every day is on airplane mode a lot, like throughout the day, obviously all night, (laughs) but like, I don't want anything touching my person that can't be on airplane mode. So yeah, I I feel the same way. So maybe it's for the better, you know? I like it. Yes. Thank you. I'm writing all these tips down. I'll definitely make sure it has a airplane mode or an option to turn it off. That'd be so exciting. Yes. And that probably important for the plane too and stuff. Because you have to bring it in the cabin. Yeah. You can't pack it in your suitcase. You have to bring it in the cabin with you whenever you're flying. So it would definitely have to have an airplane mode. (laughs) Thanks for that. Yes, I'm excited. Okay. So nice to have brilliant friends. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise. We're like a think tank. Yes. (laughs) So shall we get to some listener questions and feedback? Let's dig in. Okay. So we're actually going to start off with some listener feedback. This literally came in right before we started recording. So I thought I would read it really quickly. And it's because... On the day that we're recording, we aired a special guest interview on this show with Barry Conrad, who's an actor, singer, songwriter from Australia. This is from Jules. And she just said, I enjoyed your podcast with Barry so much. Definitely one of my favorite episodes. Please bring him back on again. Love the show. And then we got some other feedback about that as well. And first of all, thank you, Jules, for writing it and the support. And I'm so glad you enjoyed the interview with Barry. That was a really cool, fun episode because he's just like... He's killing it as far as like acting and, you know, TV roles. And we talked a lot about his fasting journey and he had like the stereotypical moment because he's an actor. He had that moment. That's like such a cliche where I was it like an agent or a casting director, but told him like, oh, maybe you need to lose a little weight, which is just like 
really sticks with your psyche. So we talked a lot about like the psychology and he, and also it was really nice because I feel like a lot of this is often girls. Like we talk a lot about like women's perspective and women talk about that a lot. So it was nice to talk about it from like a male perspective. And he talked about how intermittent fasting is, you know, how he used it in his life. And he's a big foodie. So we talked about food and it was a really, really fun episode. If you guys like that, we are, well, even if you don't, because it's already in the lineup, hopefully you guys liked it. <laughs> but um, we are thinking of having some more guests here and there on the show that I'm really excited about. So I'll actually do a call right now. If you have questions about CGMs, send them to us because we're going to do a special episode about that. If you have questions about autoimmune conditions for diet for autoimmune conditions, specifically like a ketogenic diet, we're bringing Dr. Terry Walls onto the show, who we adore. And then we have my incredible friend, Rebecca, coming on. So she is founder of a company called Yummers, which is this incredible... They make pet food toppers, but I think they're going... I think now they're going to launch actual pet food, but it's all like healthy food for your pets. And she founded it with Anthony Porowski and JVN from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Vanessa, have you ever watched that show? I haven't. I haven't either. I feel like it's been on for ever. Like I feel like I feel like it was on when I was in middle school. <laughs> yeah, probably. In any case, she founded it with Anthony and JVN, who are two of the main people on that show now. And she does fasting. She actually we're great friends. And she found me because she listened to this show. So she, yeah, she's wonderful. And she does fasting and biohacking. And so we're going to bring her on and talk about fasting and biohacking and pet food and her entrepreneurial journey. So I'm really excited. So any questions about that, about female entrepreneurship, this woman is like an inspiration. Like she's been top level, like VP level at like Target and HEB and 7-Eleven. She's a wonder. So we're bringing her on. And then and then I'm going to have my first in-person interview ever. Vanessa, have you done an in-person? We talked about this. Have you done an in-person interview? I'm trying to think, and I, I don't think I have. I mean, I have on other people's shows, but never when I was hosting, like on my show, unless it was like a video and then, yeah, I have at like conferences done some videos with people, but not really like not a formal like let's step into a studio or like let's get a sound <laughs> tech here. Let's get a team. Yeah. So I am going to be doing an in-person interview with Dave Asprey, which is kind of crazy because I'm actually thinking, spoiler alert, of moving to Austin Pretty sure I'm going to. And uh, he lives in Austin. So I need to feel out Austin. And we wanted to have him on this show anyways, because he has not been on this show. And he is such a legend in, I mean, in the biohacking world and the fasting world. And he has his new Danger Coffee, which I am obsessed with. Friends, get Danger Coffee. It's my new favorite coffee. Historically, I was drinking Bulletproof Coffee for like a decade. A lot of people know this, but maybe you don't. He actually is not. He actually got kicked out of Bulletproof. It was like a lot of drama. He's trying to get it back now, I think is word on the street. But in the meantime, he launched Danger Coffee, which is essentially everything he wanted. He did with Bulletproof Coffee, which is organic. I mean, 
It's not certified organic. They use organic practices and it's tested to be free of pesticides and mold. And it's a remineralized coffee, which is so cool. So it is a patent pending formula that has more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes, which I think is just so cool. And I love the taste of it. So we're going to do a question on, because I know we have a lot of coffee drinkers. So if you have any questions about, for well, any questions for Dave in general, anything goes, he will literally answer. He'll talk about anything. But yeah, fasting, biohacking, and coffee, send us those as well. And if you would like to try Danger Coffee, go to melanieavalon.com slash Danger Coffee, and the coupon code melanieavalon will get you 10% off. This makes a great present, by the way, because it can be hard to find presents for people. And this is like a really nice coffee. So I'm going to like be gifting this to so many people come Christmas time. But yes, friends, I'm, I'm definitely very nervous about that upcoming interview. Because <sighs> I just because I've never done one in person. So it's going to be like a lot to take in. You can do dress rehearsals with myself. Yeah. Or you could have like your sister or something like that's a, I mean, I'm sure you <laughs> learned that extensively from theater and acting, but you could like dress in what you're going to wear and, you know, pretend that your sister is your guest or Dave Asprey (laughs) and come in and be like, you know, do the whole rehearsal, you know, do it a few times. And then, you know, when it's time, you know, for lights, camera action, you'll be, you'll be all rehearsed and ready to go. That's true. I I definitely need to make sure with the mic set up, that it's all good. I am going to bring, Vanessa knows this, I'm going to bring with me my favorite photographer because it's hard to find a photographer that you feel really comfortable with. So I'll feel good having somebody there that I know who I know will, you know, make everything look nice. So that should be fun. Okay. So that that's a teaser. I do that every time I'm going to be speaking. Like I do, I do like regular rehearsals and then I do dress rehearsals where I'm wearing what I'm going to be wearing and I have the slides. And then when I'm at the venue before giving the talk, I always ask if I can go on stage and do a last dress rehearsal there. So I wear the outfit, I have the slides and everything. And usually the tech people are like setting up the day before. So they're like, sure, just come, come and do it. And they're happy that you're rehearsing because they want to rehearse too. I have to do that (laughs) like to prepare myself. So and I got that from like being in drama and acting and stuff. Like, so I'm sure you, you did that extensively. Wow. I was thinking about that recently. I was thinking about how, cause it's so weird. Like the opportunities that I've been having recently with like reporters and press and interviews. And it's, it's, I mean, it's so, I'm so, so grateful and it's so surreal. And I was thinking about it though, cause I was thinking about how these are interviews that in the past, I would have, I do think the rehearsal is like really important, but I, I probably would have done that for like days beforehand. And now literally I'm like, I just show up. <laughs> like, like I, cause I think it's because I don't want to get overly stressed. I mean, I do a lot of prep, but then I kind of let it go. And then I just like show up, which is kind of how I approach the show, the interview with guests as well. But I do agree that that's, that's actually a really good idea. Now should we answer some questions? I'm so sorry. So Jules, thank you for the the feedback. We're, we're glad you're enjoying it. And stay tuned for more guests. All right. 
So with all of that in mind, so please submit questions to questions at iPodcast.com or you can go in our Facebook group and submit questions, but we would love questions for any of those topics. Would you like to read the question from Neva, Vanessa? Yes. So Neva Warnock asks, while I would be interested in testing the impact of having my eating window earlier, I have no idea how anyone does that around a weekday job. I get up a little after 5 a.m. and hoof it to get the critters tended to, me ready and out the door by 6.30, work 7 to 4, home 5-ish. Eating before dinner would be so challenging and not relaxing. What are your thoughts? Hi, Neva. Thank you for your question. I love this question because I think it ties into something that so many people experience, not even with just fasting, really with so many things in life where something works for you and it's working in your life and it doesn't fit exactly with societal norms or people are saying that it should be a different way. And so it makes you question what you're doing. It makes you wonder if you should be doing something different. So for you, you know, you really wanted to try this idea of an earlier eating window, likely because she doesn't say this, but she says the impact. So I'm guessing it's probably just because hearing what people talk about the benefits of an earlier eating window. So you probably feel a little bit of pressure to try it, but you look at your whole life and logistically it doesn't make sense. You think it would probably be stressful and challenging and not relaxing. So my thoughts are, you don't have to try an earlier eating window. (laughs) You can, I mean, you don't need me to tell you that for permission, but I would just keep doing what you're doing and I wouldn't stress about it. And we've talked a lot about the difference between earlier versus late night eating windows. I did do a really long blog post that I really like about this. It's called early versus late night eating contradictions, confusions, and clarity. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. The link for it is melanieavalon.com slash eating timing. And I really dive deep into the studies on early versus late night eating and the many factors that we often don't account for in those studies. I walked, honestly, I walked in, I sat down, I tried to be as unbiased as possible. I thought it was going to, I thought just because of the zeitgeist surrounding early eating, I thought it was going to be a no brainer looking at the studies like, oh yeah, early eating is way better than late night eating. Like I thought that was just going to be overwhelmingly what I would find in the studies. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't really that, it wasn't that to that extent because of all of the nuances. And by the nuances, I mean that the majority of the studies I found looking at early eating weren't ever really comparing it. Usually they were comparing it like early eating to eating all throughout the day, or there, there were very few studies that were actually comparing just early to just late in an intermittent fasting pattern. And then some like studies I did find, hormonally, it actually seemed better to me eating not late crazy like I do, but not right when you wake up either. So I would just say that it's all about finding what works for you. And Neva, it sounds like what you're doing works for you. So I would not sweat it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be overstressed about it. Vanessa, what are your thoughts? I was going to literally say the exact same thing. You don't have to do it. (laughs) You should only do it if it's something that like really works for you, is easy to implement. Don't feel pressure to try it. I love how you brought up the nuances you always do so well with like how 
you know, even though we do see a lot of research pointing to front loading of calories, especially when it comes to intermittent fasting and the beneficial effects on hormones, et cetera, I wouldn't say it's conclusive. Like there are very few things that are completely conclusive. I think there are other factors that can probably make a big difference as well. I have found, I found myself starting a new intermittent fasting pattern where I was having breakfast within an hour of of waking and then fasting, going back into the fasted state four to five hours later because I was fasting until dinner. And I was recently interviewing one of my favorite protein scientists who I always talk about, Dr. Don Lehman. This is what he does as well after spending, you know, 50 years researching protein. And he found that it's an amazing pattern for especially protecting your lean body mass. And, you know, after an overnight period of time when we're more catabolic, it's great to sort of blunt muscle protein breakdown by having a protein meal. It's also great for like leptin if you have leptin resistance. But I, I found my way there by trying so many different things and trying things that would actually work for me and my family. And when I actually tried the breakfast and dinner pattern, because like you, I wanted to try it, it did not work for us as a family at all. But I do I do think that sometimes, you know, you can see how like your life goes and maybe things will change at some point. You'll have an opportunity where you'll be able to eat earlier in the day. But if you don't find it relaxing and dinner should be a relaxing meal where, you know, you're spending time with your family and you're nourishing yourself after, you know, a long day of working hard. I don't think you should feel any pressure at all to do that kind of approach. (laughs) And it sounds like you think maybe or you have the perception maybe that a lot of people are doing that. And I, I don't think that they are. I've talked to so many people who said that they've tried it and it just doesn't work because dinner is our most social meal. Typically it's when we get together with our loved ones. It's when we get together with friends. It's like usually when we go out with friends and catch up. So not having that dinner meal is, is really difficult. What I find for myself is that once in a while, like on the weekend, the opportunity will come up where Pete and I both feel like having an early dinner and we'll have dinner at like 3.30 or 4. And it's great. But, you know, I get up at like 5.36 every day, which is also (laughs) similar (laughs) to, you know, the pattern that that you're doing. So getting up at 5 or 6 and, you know, rushing off you're out the door by 6.30. I don't quite leave the house by 6.30, but I am usually up 5.36. And that gives me an hour of time before Luca's up. And so I have an hour to myself in the morning to catch up on things and like set my state tone for the day. Anyway, I also get up early. And so for me, like having an early dinner is amazing. We actually did that today. We had an opportunity that came up and the way that it worked with our schedule, both Pete and I were hungry around 3.30. Actually, we started cooking at 3 and we ended up eating dinner at 4. And it's now 8. And I know that by the time I go to bed in a couple of hours, I'm going to be feeling great because I've had all this time to digest and I'm not going to be going to sleep on a full stomach, which for me is really difficult to do, especially right now being pregnant, but even when I'm not. So, I would say like maybe opportunities will pop up 
you know, if maybe it's on a weekend or a ho- on a holiday where you could try it out and see how you feel or test your blood glucose or ketones or whatever it is that you're testing and see if it works for you. But I wouldn't put undue pressure on yourself to do it when, as you said, it's not going to line up well with your work schedule. That was all really, really great advice. I, I can't even imagine going to bed on an empty stomach or like on a, not like having eaten that, like I have to sleep on a full stomach. But do you eat and then go right to bed? Yep. Like what time do you eat? I feel like it's pretty late. I don't even like saying how late it is because I'll tell you offline. <laughs> I know. I, th- I figured it was going to be late because you said that you wind down and then you have dinner. And I know when you wind down. So I was like, okay, so just <laughs> eating dinner really late. I just can't. I have to eat like usually in an hour's time just with like how things are with Luca. But I... I really don't sleep well if I go to bed with a full stomach. So it's funny. We actually have some differences. But I, especially right now, like my stomach is so small because I'm pregnant and I'm in like the six month of pregnancy now. So everything is getting like more and more compressed. So I have like the tiniest stomach right now, which has been challenging because I love to eat like a lot of protein. Whoa. Yeah. Because the baby's growing and so it compresses the stomach. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of what it looks like, but all your organs like shift. Oh, I can't. (laughs) I can't do that. (laughs) It's like my worst fear. I'm already like neurotic about my digestive system and organs. Oh, wow. Thank you for being a mom and doing that so I don't have to. Trust me, I had the same like concerns and fears, but it's totally fine. Like you don't even notice it. It's just that when you do eat, you get full a lot faster. Like I feel like I had like a gastric bypass or something sometimes. So I get full really fast. And it's definitely been a challenge for me right now because I like to eat like big protein meals. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's difficult because like I'll get so full, like uncomfortably full if I, if I, overeat. And I don't mean overeat. I just mean like eat beyond like what my tiny stomach can take right now. And it's really funny because a friend and I were talking about this on the weekend because they just got back from this all-inclusive resort that has breakfast and dinner buffet. And she's two months ahead of me. And she was like saying how hard it is right now because, and this is like major first world problems, but if you're at a beautiful hotel with like incredible buffet dinner and you're like, and she's like every night I would like enjoy the buffet. And then at the end I would be like, I can't move and I have to lie down. And I was like, I'm thinking about that every day because we're going back to Greece in a few weeks and they have this like incredible breakfast and dinner buffet. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm really scared because I usually have like two, at least like two trips to the buffet for dinner. And I usually get really full and that's when I'm not pregnant. So I don't know. I I might have to like have lunch or like some kind of midday snack or something so that I'm like less hungry at dinner. I I might have to actually do like small meals for the last few months or something. Anyway, that's major first world problems, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's just funny how things change. And I, yeah, I feel like definitely went on a, a tangent here. So that's how we're also different. If I have a snack earlier, I am ravenous. I will eat more later. Oh, me too. But I I feel like this may be my only option. Oh, yeah. Like literally. So that at dinner, I just like don't feel like I have to have as much. And I I really don't want to do that. But 
you know, if you have breakfast at seven, which is what we do when we're there, and then we have dinner, the dinner opens at like six or six thirty, which is really late for me. So by that time, you're like, you're ready to eat, right? <laughs> like you're ready to to have dinner. And, you know, yeah, normally I have a couple, a couple trips to the buffet and I feel really good about it. I'm eating like mostly lean protein and like delicious, healthy foods, but yeah, it's going to be a problem <laughs> when we're there. I don't know what I'm going to do because uh, I don't like going to bed full and yeah, I'm going to be really, I'm going to have to figure something out. Hi, friends. I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about some brand new, exciting news. I am about to release the second generation of the Tone device. If you are someone who does intermittent fasting on a regular basis or even prolonged or extended fasting, and you like biofeedback and data, the Tone device is an incredible tool for gauging your rate of fat burning. Now, when our bodies go into a state of ketosis, we generate ketones in the liver, and part of those ketones are diffused through our airways in a form called acetone. Now, ketones themselves, the ones that our liver produces from our fat, they are actually a form of fuel, and acetone is a byproduct of that fuel production and utilization. So it actually gives you a proxy for your fat burning and lets you know how deeply your body is in a state of fat burning based on the ketones being diffused. So 15 to 20% of those blood ketones are diffused in the form of acetone. And so we can measure and quantify our rate of fat burning. I absolutely love using the Tone device and so many Tone device users do as well. It's non-invasive, it's one investment and you don't have to buy these expensive wasteful test strips all the time. You can use it an unlimited amount of times. I have been working for the past couple of years on developing this brand new second generation of the Tone device and I am so incredibly excited about it. I am going to be offering a very special launch discount on the second generation of the Tone device. You can sign up to receive that discount by going to tonedevice.com and signing up with your name and email address and you will be added to the list to exclusively receive this launch discount on the brand new second generation of the Tone. So again, head over to tonedevice.com to sign up for the list and you will receive that launch discount, which I have especially created for listeners of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. All right, friends, now back to our show. Can I ask you a controversial question related to content for this podcast that I wanted to talk to you about yesterday? Sure. And it's related to what you're talking about. How do you feel about intermittent fasting and keto while pregnant? So I don't recommend anything to anybody else. Like, you know, most of what I do and share about is just me like sharing my own journey. I'm not like saying anyone should do what I do. When I was pregnant with Luca, I still had two meals a day. I was doing lunch and dinner and I was doing keto and I had an amazing pregnancy. (laughs) I had a really easy time getting pregnant. I was doing ketogenic carnivore around the time that we decided to get pregnant. I thought it would take like four to five months, but we got pregnant on the first attempt. And I'm not saying that to gloat or anything because the second time around, we had a little bit more challenges and you would know about that if you, you know, maybe heard me talk about it on my podcast, but it's, it's definitely a very sensitive area. So I, I, and I know that with 
my own experience as well. But I'm just talking about my first pregnancy with Luca. We had a really easy time getting pregnant. I had the smoothest pregnancy. I didn't have five seconds of nausea my entire pregnancy. I had no symptoms <laughs> the entire time. I didn't even have swelling, which is like something that everybody gets. And the doctors and nurses were like, why are you not swollen? Like your legs and feet usually get swollen. My blood pressure was perfect, stayed like 90 over 60 the entire time I was pregnant. No, like obviously no issues with like gestational diabetes or anything. It was a healthy fit pregnancy. I worked out. I did resistance training. I felt amazing the whole time. Luca has turned out incredible. <laughs> like he's just an amazing boy. So that's what worked for me. And a lot of people advise against like doing any kind of intermittent fasting. And I agree with that because I do think that when you're pregnant, you should really be in tune to like what your body wants and needs. I have been doing intermittent fasting and keto for so long, for so many years before getting pregnant that my body was very well adapted to being fat fueled, to this kind of approach, to, you know, all of it. If I had ever felt nauseous or which usually can sometimes be because you're hungry or you're like, there's different factors behind that. I would have just eaten, but I just, I was just not hungry. Like in the morning I would get hungry for lunch and then I would have dinner and I just stuck to that. And I stuck to keto the entire time, but that's not for anyone else to emulate or copy or anything like you need to make your own decisions, do your own research, talk to your own care provider. So I don't advocate these things to anyone else. I don't think people should try to follow like a specific diet or anything like that or a specific meal timing pattern when they are pregnant. Just listen to your body and do what feels good. And you know, you know yourself best. It's up to you how you do your pregnancy and that's how you nourish yourself and, and your baby. But that's just work, what worked for me. I've talked to lots of people who had, you know, who are sort of in this community and space who did similar things and who also had no issues. And I'm sure there are people who do it and, and do have issues. This time with with what with this pregnancy, when I got pregnant, I was doing breakfast and dinner. So I've just maintained that. But if I ever get hungry, like earlier in the day, like I did today, I got home, we had had breakfast early in the morning, and then I got home with Luca around 2.30, and then Pete and I decided to have dinner, and we started making dinner at 3. So like, I just go with whatever I feel. Like if I'm hungry, I will eat. But I just find that like two meals a day usually works for me. <laughs> and now that my space is getting more limited, I am thinking about like maybe I should be breaking it up into more meals just so that it's easier for me because I don't like feeling uncomfortably full. And I do like to eat a lot of protein. And pregnancy is a time when the one thing I will recommend to people is that you make sure to get more protein than usual because it is one of the times that our protein requirements go up, especially in the second and third trimester. We need more protein. Typically, you need 300 more calories per day in the second trimester and 500 more calories per day in the third trimester. So those are recommendations that are out there and like very well researched. But yeah, I I know that people have opinions on what like people should and shouldn't do. And I just listen to my body and I do what has been working really well for me for years to have great metabolic health. So I think the fact that I'm continuing to do what I was doing before is part of what makes it successful for me. Like if I had 
been doing like a standard American high carb diet and then suddenly switched to doing intermittent fasting and doing keto, I would never like recommend anyone do that unless they actually get gestational diabetes, in which case my dear friend Lily Nichols has an incredible book called, well, she has real food pregnancy. And then she also wrote a book about low carb for gestational diabetes. And her book was so amazing that actually the Czech government here where we are in Prague used her book to change the policy on what they recommend to women who have gestational diabetes. So they now recommend and advocate a low-carb diet for women who are either prone to gestational diabetes or have gestational diabetes. And that's because of Lily. So yeah, she's really, really amazing. So that's, I think if it can help with gestational diabetes, then it can probably help prevent it too. And it definitely is something that kept my blood sugars like very healthy and in normal ranges the entire time. So yeah, I mean, I, I know, yeah, it's definitely controversial, but it's also a very personal decision, you know, what you do and, and how you do it. And for some people, pregnancy is a time to just eat whatever you want. For other people, myself included, it's a time to be extra careful <laughs> on what you eat because everything that you eat is basically building your your baby. So for me, it's like the time that I'm the most conscious about like eating the most nutrient-dense food possible. I don't limit myself in any way, but that's just like the lifestyle that I'm already used to. So it works really well for me. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's one of those topics where I just feel viscerally you have to like tiptoe because people have so many really strong opinions about it. So many people are, you know, saying you shouldn't even remotely do anything like keto. You shouldn't remotely do anything that even remotely resembles fasting. So I, and I, I know we're not making recommendations, but I, I really appreciate your, your approach of, you know, doing intuitively what you've been doing and, you know, listening to your body and you had, you know, a beautiful pregnancy and birth and experience with Luca. And so, you know, now just feeling into yourself now and doing what you're doing. Thank you for sharing your experience. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's my pleasure. And it's, it's something that I definitely, I don't even like when people reach out to me and, and ask me about doing keto during pregnancy. I'm just like, you have to talk to your doctor and and do your own research because it's not something that I can like even speak on because I'm not a physician. I'm not a care provider. I do share like my experience, but I'm not sharing it to recommend it. I'm just sharing like what I've experienced. And there's a lot of people in our space. Like I know Dr. Ken Berry's wife, Nisha, she did keto her whole pregnancy. There is also, I mean, there's a number of people, but Robert Keto Savage's wife, she's known as a lady savage. She also did pretty much keto carnivore during her like pre-pregnancy and during pregnancy. I think she, I'm not sure how she did it exactly when she was working, but there's a lot of people in the low carb space who basically just continued on with the lifestyle that, you know, helped their body get pregnant in the first place. And so they felt good about continuing it. But I also think, like I said, it's like, if it's something that you're already doing, your body's already adapted to it. But yeah, you definitely have to figure it out for yourself. Talk to your doctor, figure out what's appropriate for you. If you don't like your doctor, find a low carb doctor or a doctor who, you know, is more attuned to like some of the topics that we talk about. But yeah, I'd be really interested to know if there are any physicians out there who who even recommend these kinds of protocols for people with gestational diabetes, because, you know, in Czech, it definitely, 
affected the policy here. And I think it's wonderful that they recommend low carb for people who who get gestational diabetes because it's a huge problem with a lot of complications for the baby and the mom. That's amazing. Wow. Super random. But when you published your book, were there any translation versions that came out? No. I definitely thought about it, but never got to that point. I had one come out and it was it was not my doing, but it was check. No way. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So maybe your book is here. Yeah. I should look for it. Because <laughs> I, I was walking by this one bookstore a few months ago and my friend Leanne Vogel's book was in the window. She wrote a book about keto and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Leanne. And it was in, in check? It probably was. I think if it was in the window there, but it may not have been. That's really cool. I wonder why I wonder why in check. It's interesting. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. I mean, it definitely fits with the European <laughs> lifestyle, right? I wonder if, what year was that, that that happened with the government making those adjustments? Oh, I, I'm not sure exactly which year. I just wonder if it was like in the vibe of the zeitgeist at the time. I would guess it was sometime in the last five to six years, but I don't know exactly. I'd have to ask Lily or, or look it up because I'm not sure. Yeah, this was probably like in later 2018 that they asked for the, well, they basically got the royalties for like the Czech version. That's really cool. I wouldn't say that Czech or Prague are particularly like advanced when it comes to like those kinds of approaches. Like in the last few years, I have seen more like low carb sort of paleo stuff. Usually it's at farmer's markets, like where people have, you know, their own like stall set up and there has been some keto stuff and some sugar-free stuff, but it's like pretty minimal because the lifestyle, traditional lifestyle here is still alive and well. And it's like a lot of beer, a lot of carbs, (laughs) a lot of bread, fried things like, you know, and, and it's also because it's like a very popular city for tourists. So there's also like a lot of tourist food, you know, a lot of like deep fried schnitzel and like French fries and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Like I know you tried some of that stuff when you were in Germany. So I think that kind of food culture here is like pretty decadent. (laughs) There's a lot of like, kind of like Paris, like there's a lot of bakeries with like, all these confectionaries and, you know, patisserie, like, I don't know how you, pastries and, and all that kind of stuff. So, but it's, it's very interesting to me that, that Lily's work did, did cause, did influence, you know, the policy here. And I, I really commend them for it because it is, you know, something that is, I think, to an extent, like preventable mm-hmm. and treatable with diet and lifestyle and nutrition. So, I'm glad that they're, you know, I'm sure that's not always the case, but we know that I think to an extent it is. So I'm really glad that they've, they're offering people like, you know, that kind of, those kinds of options. That would be so cool to know that like your work had that influence. I know. I know. And I'm having her back on the podcast soon and yeah, I'm excited. I'll I'll ask her like when it happened, just out of curiosity, which year that was. Amazing. So, well, perfect. Cause I've been wanting to ask you about that. So thank you for sharing your experience and your thoughts. Yeah. And again, not doctors, don't not model recommendations. Me. I know this is just me and my weird, you know, my own like 
lifestyle and choices and you know it worked for me but that doesn't mean it'll work for anyone else i'm definitely not recommending it because it's definitely something very personal that you have to figure out on your own but yeah i'm happy to share what i personally have done and and what's worked for me so true Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So for listeners, if you would like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. Also join us in my Facebook group called IF Biohackers and you can also ask questions there. And I also sometimes post and ask for questions there as well. As a recap, up and coming guests, we need questions about CGMs. We're doing an episode on that. If you have questions, about diet for autoimmune conditions, especially ketogenic diets and fasting for autoimmune conditions because we're bringing on Dr. Terry Walls. And then anything about feeding your pet healthily with Rebecca from Yummers. And then any fasting, biohacking, coffee, anything goes questions for Dave Asprey. Definitely email those to us as well as your personal questions. And you can follow us on Instagram, we are I have podcast. I am Melanie Avalon. Vanessa is ketogenic girl. And then lastly, the show notes will have links to everything that we talked about and a full transcript. That will be at iofpodcast.com slash episode 336. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. Anything from you, Vanessa, before we go? I had so much fun on the episode and I uh, can't wait to record the next one with you. Me too. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman. Editing by Podcast Doctors. Show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner. Transcripts by Speech Docs. And original theme composed by Leland Cox and recomposed by Steve Saunders. See you next week.